we got a little bit of an election hangover and that's okay. We got some new election superstars to discuss. Isn't that right, Amanda? Steve Kornacki, it's your time. (laughs) Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Plenty of celebrity stuff to talk about, but we're going to start with what's been dominating, I think, most people's lives for the last week. Election-related stuff. It's been quite a roller coaster. I think not just in America, but perhaps in the world. And uh, we just wanted to share some of our celebrity-related moments from this event. Yes. So I am one of the many people who became a Steve Kornacki fan. Uh, <laughs> last week. And I I thought that this was interesting, obviously in the sense of like Steve Kornacki, great job. You you did great on MSNBC. I hope you got some sleep. Um, But also just kind of in like a minor celebrity case study, which is obviously Steve Kornacki uh, has been an MSNBC host for some time and he had the map before. And if you like followed previous elections, with MSNBC, then you kind of became aware of Steve Kornacki. But this was like an instant mega celebrity thing that happened because everyone was just waiting for the results of the election to be made official. And so they were just kind of grabbing on to anything that they could. And Steve Kornacki, Map Daddy, as Twitter called him, just became the number one fixation of everyone. And I'm going to be honest, I was not above it. Me too. Like we would have MSNBC on and my husband would be like, Steve is back. And I would just like run into the room to make sure I didn't miss a moment of Steve Kornacki. And I'm going to be honest, 
like he wasn't giving new information every hour. There was a lot of like kind of filling the time until things were made official. And I was also following spreadsheets and, you know, map counts, other places. So I was just there for the performance. Okay. And I, like, You're I was there just for the there. entertainment. I was, I was there because I was invested in Steve Kornacki's broadcast presence, which by the way, I think is fantastic. It's very hard to be that good at digesting and communicating information in real time. Like, and, and he made it exciting. So I thought he was great at his job. He feels almost like an Aaron Sorkin character of all of our cable news celebrities. Like he's the most ready to be in the newsroom. Great show. Miss it every day. Yeah. Uh, chatty, uh, like optimistic, detail oriented, very sorkin'y. But I was also invested in the narrative, right? Because like he went 48 <laughs> hours were? without. You were also invested in the narrative of our future of our country. No, I mean, obviously I was interested in that, but I meant the Steve Kornacki <laughs> narrative. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this Carry is, on. <laughs> um, no, I was interested in the fact that he, there was 48 hours where it seemed that Steve Kornacki didn't sleep. Um, this is so funny, by the way, I had just picked up a pen and I'm like waving it around in a very authoritative manner. Yes. And I did this on another podcast last week and Sean Fennessy was like, you have real Steve Kornacki energy. So I apparently really did affect me. Anyway, I'm going to keep holding the pen. (laughs) So he didn't sleep for a while. And so I became kind of concerned about like, you know, Steve's well-being and like, had he slept, there was one point where MSNBC ordered him to take a break. And then he was like, nope, I'm back. There were more results coming in from Pennsylvania. So he kind of like stormed back and not stormed because he's so nice. Um, but he like, basically, instead of storming, he very politely thanked the substitute map guy and was like, no, I got it. And I'm going to take it over. Uh, you know, there was a lot of interest in uh, his khakis. Sure. And so then they're by the way, they're by the gap. He really reclaimed khakis from um, the Proud Boys, I would say. Yes. Thankfully. And then, you know, there was obviously the narrative of like his personal life and what he's doing when he's not at the map and who he's married to. And is he married? I believe he's not married. Um, Even though there was a a Twitter person who went viral making a joke about how he was married to Steve Kornacki. And like many people believed that this random viral joke tweet about my husband, Steve Kornacki was true. So there was just like a lot of content around this one person who was, I think he was very important in the election media narrative, but you know, there were, there were like larger things going on in the world, but we all needed an outlet. We all needed some like positive, distracting thing to focus our attention on. And it turned out to be Steve Kornacki. And I was a part of that. And I'm very grateful to Steve. And I hope he's on vacation now. I have to say, I feel Steve is aging really wonderfully. He's 41 years old. I would have definitely mm-hmm. believed like 30 or even 29. So sure. He usually, I assume he usually is sleeping. It is, it is funny how like celebrities emerge from these events. Like I I think, and I think across the spectrum, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of scrutiny of, of cable news in the the last week or so. I, um, both of us never watch cable news like ever basically. And so being exposed to it, I, I did not watch a single minute of cable news until I think, um, Friday. Yeah. I think. Wow. You held out. Yes, I really did and self-preservation. And so then when I turned it on, I felt like I was being exposed to like a cyclone in outer space. Like I was Sandra Bullock getting out (laughs) of the spacecraft 
and I was in space alone after George Clooney died. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And I turned the TV off after like 10 minutes. I was just like, I can't do this. And over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, I watched more. Once it was called, I was like, okay, I'm, re- I'm ready to watch. And I, I want to be right. a part of this. Right. Um, I have to say my, my personal like election celebrity revelation is Abby Phillip on, on CNN. She was like the coolest cucumber I've ever seen. She could not have been calmer and more collected and like also incredibly smart. I was like, she's awesome. Also, I just, I just was shocked that people watch this as entertainment and news. If not every day, weekly, or like regularly, like I was just like this, it's crazy town. This is like not a normal way to spend time. And honestly, I'm like still trying to process what this all means. And, and I have to say like partisanship aside, like I think it's pretty clear where I stand based on listening to this podcast. I was shocked by MSNBC. I was like, I cannot believe this is a, this is television. I can't believe this is on. I can't believe people say this. And then I and then I was I was just I went to CNN and I was like, this is super boring and also like kind of propaganda. I was just like, this is all so weird. I really felt like I stepped into an alternate dimension of entertainment that I don't have access to. I mean, you did, and I think what's so funny, and I I want to echo a lot of things, including you know Juliet and I sh- share the same political beliefs, um, and we're we're very excited, frankly, and I, I just a nice jam session moment for people who are listening. I honestly I learned that the race had officially been called for President Elect Joe Biden from a text message from Juliet Littman. I'm that so is happy like I got to break that it to is, you. <laughs> it was it was really lovely. It was very early in California. I was still in bed. Uh, I like heard some cheering and I was like, "Oh, I should check my phone." And there was the text message from Juliet. And the text message by the way said, "Our like our vice president is a woman," which is a really exciting thing and it's something so that means a lot to both of us. So I'm I'm with you on all of that. I had the complete opposite reaction to how to handle last week and to handle the media. And I I came to a lot of conclusions, but I, like I do want to talk a little bit about it because it was like entering another pop culture universe. And it's something like I just I do not watch cable news. We we just don't turn it on. I was learning people's names in real Me time. Me too. It's just, I was like, who's just, this? Who's that? I was so yeah. confused. I was like, and Dana Bash. I was like, is she right. famous? I was like, who yeah. is this? Right. <laughs> um, it's just not what I consume. And I and I realized part of the reason for that is because. It is basically entertainment. There is news sometimes, but it is programmed like an entertainment show. It is meant to keep you watching. And it is a kind of a lot of people's form of pop culture. It really is kind of, and it has been for the last year, kind of the monoculture and the mainstream and what a lot of people are consuming because and and have in common in their consumption because everybody's watching a different TV show or, you know, different video games or TikToks or whatever. Um, and I, another reason I realized I don't watch it so much is because I like, I have to watch other stuff and it's a full-time, it's a full-time job watching this cable news and following kind of the storylines that they are churning out for you. And I too found it, uh, overwhelming and sort of just like otherworldly. It's not something that I was consumed by, but I watched more of it. Uh, I think a little bit because, I don't know. My husband was watching it and, and I just like, I got it sucked in. I, I mean, you I want real time updates. Sure. I decided to go on the ride. Also, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. My husband grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We were very invested in Georgia and Pennsylvania and those outcomes. And like, 
And that became a little bit like a sporting event. And the way they were covering it was slightly like a sporting event. And, you know, we don't need to like moralize that or whatever. But I was aware of how I was consuming these these things and my investment and being like, oh, you know, have they changed this and we're up this? It was like, you know, checking a scoreboard, which in some ways it literally is. But what I thought was so interesting is I entered this universe and I was kind of there for a week and I had the same kind of consumption pattern that I always did, which is like, I just glommed onto the celebrity and I was like, (laughs) okay, here it is. Like Steve Kornacki is going to be the way that I follow this and kind of my investment and what keeps me watching. And I'm definitely not the only person that felt that way. Because if you Google Steve Kornacki, like every single blog that you've ever heard of and 5,000, you haven't did their like, who is Steve Kornacki? Like five facts to know about him. Here's whose Twitter boyfriend is like a lot of people had the same reaction. And to me, it was like, I learned something about myself, but it it was very interesting. And it is kind of like celebrity is a lens through which a lot of us understand the world. And sometimes it's for better in the case of Steve Kornacki, who I think really taught me a lot about electoral politics. (laughs) And sometimes it is way for the worse in the case of the person who is about to be kicked out of the Oval Office. But I, I just, I found it really, really interesting to just be plunged into a whole other ecosystem. And like, at some point I just picked up the same patterns. Yeah. And the thing that's also like shocking about this, like wall to wall coverage, and I guess this isn't necessarily how it is every night, but the fact that they kind of have like their role players and like their Mm -hmm. character, like their character actors. So they keep going back to like the Lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, man, he gives a good quote. And so like they had MSNBC had him on TV. Oh yeah. He was so great. Yeah. They should have, you know, FedEx somewhat a backbone four years ago. I can't remember who it was. I think he was like, anyway, you could sue a ham sandwich, something like that. But (laughs) until like these, the anchors who are like, you know, in general, more famous almost become like this, like the kind of secondary celebrities in, in these events because they don't get to have this, they have to like keep the trains running instead of getting to like drop a great line. But it was, mm-hmm. I, I think that one of the reasons Steve Kornacki became like the de facto celebrity of um, people of us who, who of a certain voting um, likelihood is because he, they kept tossing to him and, and he was like processing data in real time. And he's like very, he gesticulates a lot. And he has just like a lot of like persona coming out and and you're just not used to the person like in the field or like at the board being like that. And so he got to like give a real performance and it's just weird. It, you know, it's such a fitting drum, dramatic end for probably the Trump presidency because of, you know, how he came to, came to prominence and everything as well. It's just, it's been a, a real mind fuck. I, I have to say like after one week of re-engaging with Twitter and of like, a few hours cumulatively of of engaging with cable news. I'm just like, this is bad. This is like a really bad way to, to um, know about the world. Cause I I was like, today I was like, I'm just going to go outside and I'll check my phone when I get back. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel a lot more stable. It's so, it's just so crazy. Even like the difference between just like constantly refreshing Twitter or just watching news 24 hours a day is so different than choosing to read like a New York Post article or a Daily Mail article, which are also insidious, right? But they're like yes. these smaller doses of of poison that you like are knowingly taking and then leaving behind. Like I usually like, you know, demarcate my scrolling of the New York Post and Daily Mail to like small periods of time. And then you just leave it. 
it's like such a different experience. It it was like honestly jarring. I'm still recovering from the experience. I, I, I've got to get off this drug, you know, it's, it's pretty nuts. It is a drug. And it's so funny. I did the reverse, which is I did a ton of cable news. And then on Saturday morning after you and I texted, I did allow myself to re-download Twitter for one day. And that Saturday on Twitter for me personally was a very fun day. I wouldn't have known about Four Seasons Total Landscape oh my if God, I did it. So funny. I just, there's that's I you know, there is there's beauty and humor in the world, even in the midst of just horrible people and horrible things. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen. But I, I, could, I could only do it for 24 hours. And then I think I woke up Sunday and reflexively went to check, you know, because at this point I'm just like, did Clayton County release more votes? By the way, shout out to Clayton <laughs> County. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to everyone in Georgia and all the black organizers in Georgia. And it, it is tremendous have, seeing what happened there, having um, grown up there. And it's, it's, it's all credit to the organizers. And also there are two more Senate races. So if you vote in Georgia, get involved. But um, And if you're turning 18 before January 5th, register. Yes. Very unlikely that those people are listening, but in case there's one. Right. You know, that, that would be so exciting. If you are also like DM us because, because that would be exciting. Um, but I, it was kind of the behavior and I like got back on Twitter and then I realized, oh no, I don't want to be doing this anymore. But, you know, I have been thinking a lot about, obviously Saturday was like a huge, exciting day in this country and a, and a relief and a joy, but there is just still a lot of mess going on and a, um, a lot of work to be done and a lot of things that are going to change. And one of the things I was reflecting on is like the, the media landscape that we're going to continue to be living in, um, that I don't think is instantly going to go away just because we've gotten this one person out of the, the oval office and how we consume things and the, the, distinction that you made that I think is really important between, you know, what you actively seek out and what kind of just gets fed fed to you and what you're picking up without realizing, which, which I'm doing all the time. I may not be picking up stuff on cable news, but listen, I'm, I'm on the Instagram explore tab, like nobody's business. I'm not, I'm not above it. Um, and how pernicious that can be and what, what you take in without even realizing. And I, you know, and I think we see the results of that in every walk of life, all of the time now. Totally. You just reminded me of something that you probably didn't see, but um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is um, a Mm -hmm. star NBA player, Mm -hmm. um, he tweeted last week that he wanted uh, Instagram to bring back the explore or the the tab where you can see what other people are liking because he was bored. And Giannis, (laughs) I completely agree. Instagram, bring that shit back. I miss it. I miss it. Can we actually, this is a good segue into probably the biggest non-election related story of last week or of the past yes. week, which is um, Carl Lentz getting fired or, from Hillsong. And Carl Lentz is a uh, pastor with Hillsong, which is a, a, I think it's called a mega church that started in Australia and then expanded to the U.S. with major um congregations in New York in LA and Carl Lentz uh, to me really came to prominence through his relationship with Justin Bieber and mm-hmm. then relationship with Kevin Durant, which has come yes. back up recently. And he's sort of like, um, he was sort of this pastor to celebrities. He had, though he, um, was based in, in New York, had a pretty big LA presence as well. And he was fired for moral lapses, which he then revealed to be cheating on his wife. 
And there's just like a lot to unpack here, uh, partially because one of the ways in which this came to light or kind of, I don't know if it came to light, but it precipitated it was the Instagram account, which we've discussed. I think the first time we discussed it was back in August. Jamois had a blind item about it. And then a few weeks later, or like a week later, this comes out. Um, there's just like a, a lot, a lot to, to discuss here. I think we should start with just sort of understanding Hillsong role in the celebrity um, ecosystem. And I, I think the most recent major Hillsong moment was um, Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger going. They are big attendees. Isn't the Kardashians are attendees as well? I th- yeah, Carl Lentz was kind of the first celebrity, and I mean that in the Hollywood tabloid sense, pastor. Um, of what has there, there are several church mega churches now, uh, that are, you know, they're obviously everywhere, but that have a following particularly in Los Angeles. And I'm on, honestly not sure whether Chris Pratt and Catherine Schwarzenegger were Hillsongs or, um, or a, a different church. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Hillsong, but I am not positive. Um, but there, there are a few and they're in the model, but like Hillsong kind of pioneered this and it's, uh, a, the traditional m- mega church youth oriented formula, but Carl Lentz being photographed with Justin Bieber and Carl Lentz being kind of uh, Hillsong was profiled in GQ in 2015 by uh, Taffy Ackner. But, uh, and that kind of added to the myth of like the hipster hype beast priest that Carl Lentz very much embraced and made this type of church going I like almost stylish. I was going to say he made it very mainstream. Yeah. And, and I think that it's like, I don't think this is a controversial statement to say, um, religious religiosity is declining with, um, young people. It's not, uh, on the way up. So it certainly brought it into focus in a way that is like outsized to how much people observe Christianity or really any religion. It's not just Christianity, um, in America in particular. So it it was also, you know, I think Justin Bieber um, is, has always been pretty religious or very like open about how he believes in, in, in Jesus and, and whatnot. I think that's a big part of his relationship with Haley Bieber actually as well. And so Carl Lentz became like his sort of like his, um, his guide or his leader through this. So, you know, it's also just kind of interesting because Bieber is back with a lot of like reflections on his last 15 years, basically. I don't know. He really went away, but I just really like his two new songs. Um, Betty Blanca is a great songwriter. So is Chance the Rapper. Um, anyway, Holy is such a chance song. Anyway, it's just kind of been like, I don't find this particularly shocking. I know that's very cynical. Um, I think that also celebrity is very corrupting. So that's undeniable. There's a lot of case studies of that, but um, I'm curious what you think, Amanda, about like the role of Demois in this and and just sort of the way in which this information came to light. Yeah, this was fascinating to me. And this was the, you know, I think like the everything that you said about Carl Lentz being like a, a high profile figure and we know what often happens to high profile figures. They are human beings too. And there is, um, m- mistakes are made as the case may be. Um, we've been skeptical of Dumois and I continue to be somewhat skeptical of Dumois, not because what they're doing is like wrong. And again, I don't think we need to bring moralizing into this or even that they're wrong because I think we've often found that they're 
they turned out to be onto something, but just that it, it absolutely confuses the entire landscape and everything gets treated as fact. And I think you and I often believe that like part of our, I don't know whether we really have a mission and I don't know whether (laughs) in this particular case, we need to put it in, in those terms, but that, you know, there, (laughs) there are such things as sourcing and reporting and certain things can be true. And the, and the way that you talk about people and the way that people are portrayed in the media matters and that the media has a responsibility um, as well. And that's something that we talk about all the time. And so I, you know, Jim Wah just kind of muddies the waters in a way that I, I would say I'm impatient with a lot of the time, if that makes any sense. But I find it fascinating that it was taken so seriously because my understanding of this scandal is that it bubbled up on Jim Wah and then the Hillsong fired Carl Lentz and then Carl Lentz went on Instagram and it was just like, Hey, here is what happened. And then the tabloids caught up. And this week, the latest revelation has been that the woman he was having an affair with, she spoke to the son, I believe. And, you know, I would examine her account if I were you for, because she claims she didn't know he was married. He also said that uh, he was a single sports agent. Yeah. He said he was a sports agent. Only gave his first name. She implicated Draymond Green and Kevin Durant in a story by saying she met them all at a club together. Right. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on, but this is also a person who is, you know, willingly sharing her side of the story to the son a week later. But that it goes from Dumois to personal Instagram account to tabloids is a very interesting power structure change to me. And I, like... I just, I think it's fascinating that this private Instagram account that like gets reported on elsewhere has this much power. I joined the Facebook group for Dumois Mm -hmm. um, because then you get access to other people's guesses or whatnot. I mean, you know, I've always been a blind item reader, but I think that this just feels like more potent than blind gossip or crazy days and nights, obviously, as we're seeing with this Carl Lentz scandal. Um, there's just something about it that I just find like reckless that I, I don't care for. There's like, um, uh, you know, she, I, I believe it's a woman who runs the account. The voice that she takes on is a woman, perhaps it's a man, all a gossip girl, who knows? Um, she, <laughs> she doesn't, she, she has like specific interests, which seem to guide what's get gets posted. So like if she doesn't care about a certain celebrity or doesn't want to give certain celebrities the time of day, then she won't post about them. But like, she's really invested in like, you know, 20 celebrities or whatever. So she posts Mm -hmm. about them a lot. And so there is like a point of view and like an ethos that guides this. It's not completely random, but I find like that point of view and like what she thinks is like worth posting, like, um, kind of objectionable sometimes. And I don't know. I, I also think that like, I don't think that like this Carl Lentz is like off limits or whatever, but um, it just seems that there's a lot of like wreckage coming out of this in a way that doesn't allow people to rely on some of the celebrity infrastructure to like maybe preserve the feelings and lives of like, for example, Carl Lentz's wife. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being also really like just really pious about this. I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, there, 
there is an editorialization to all of this, right? You and I editorialize, tabloids editorialize, all of this. When you're getting told something by someone, you're being told it with their point of view and, and, and their perspective and what they choose to tell you and what they choose to not tell you and what they choose to focus on and what they think is not worthwhile. And that's completely valid. But to me, there's always a bit of limitation when I'm being asked to listen to someone's version of events, but I, I don't have a sense of who they are. And, you know, this is an anonymous account. I'd actually, I, to your point, have sensed kind of a pattern in terms of what is of interest, what's not, what are the values, what are the standards? Um, you, you can put that together empirically, but I, I, you know, I, I am a little skeptical just because I'm like, why should I believe this? And why should I trust yeah. this person as the authority? And you know, that that's again, Amanda's skepticism of literally everything. Uh, but I agree with you that I think it's been so interesting because it's happened so quickly and somewhat out of nowhere. And a, a lot of people seem to be willing to give a lot of credence without asking a lot of questions. And I think because it's like celebrity gossip and it's like the pastor guy from Hillsong, like having an affair with someone, people are like, haha, it doesn't matter. To your point, it does matter. There are like families involved. But also I, I think that if it were a different subject, people would possibly be a bit more, um, concerned about the sort of blind trust that is being placed in this. Yeah. And maybe that's wrong. But, but the, you know, ask questions always. That's my thing. Ask questions. Know your sources. Know where things are coming from. And and know not just how you're getting inf- your information, but how it's being told to you. And it's and still makes me, I don't want to say uneasy, I guess a little uneasy, but just really confused. This happened so, so quickly. I know. It is weird. It's like there's a void for, I, I think this is like partially a pandemic phenomenon because there's not like other celebrity news happening and there's not like other celebrity events happening. So I think Mm -hmm. that there was like a real space for rumors to take hold in like this absence of other celebrity activity. This episode is brought to you by eBay authenticity guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. 
This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. That's kind of like my two takeaways from the pandemic are um, New York without tourists is just crazy. Like the impact on on New York with the due lack of travel, specifically Manhattan, is wild. Like everyone who's like Manhattan's a ghost town, a lot of it's because of the tourists. Number two, there's just been no celebrity activity. And then when there is, it just like blows up so much because of the fact that like we're we're just not there's not a lot of other options. Another great example is just like the absolute field day with Kim Kardashian's really stupid tweet about going to the Island. I mean, I love those memes. They're definitely meme of the year until total landscaping happened. Yeah. I found myself wondering whether this is kind of the, the end of the Kardashians, not in a sense of like of media share. I think you're going to be hearing more about the Kardashians than you ever want to, you know, for the end of time, they've just kind of built a, their grandfathered in they've like built a platform and a reach, but in the same way that for a while in the mid two thousands, maybe no one ever took Paris Hilton seriously. I certainly didn't take Paris Hilton seriously, but that what Paris Hilton was doing and this kind of moment in celebrity dominated coverage and people were interested and then people were just no longer interested. And she was just kind of floating around continuing to, to be Paris Hilton and mm-hmm. she, to this day, you know, continues to be Paris Hilton, but it's like, it's not taken as seriously as it even was, which was not very seriously at all. And I'm, I'm wondering whether the Kardashians have finally have, have flipped and whether like the pr- 20 years from now, it'll be the private Island tweet when you kind of watch at least the media characterization, which is very different from the way that they make their money and extend their empire. They'll continue to be very rich for the rest of the time. But like, I wonder if this is the moment because everyone was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then to follow it up immediately with the Kendall Jenner birthday party, no social media when Kylie Jenner is posting all of her social media. It's just like, and then they they try to make it seem better by saying, well, everyone was rapid testing and they couldn't go into the party until they got the results. And it's like, okay, cool. So the Kardashians have rapid testing for this birthday party while people are just staying at home and not seeing their family members for months at a time. Like, cool, 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 cool. I don't think so. So right. it's just a, a lot of like just weird, weird stuff. I, and also yeah. um, without the show, I do think that they will like lose a certain type of fan. I guess Kylie has a fan base that's mostly on, on social media and TikTok and buying her lip kits. But I do think without the show, they, they lose a certain like family, um, unit like persona. Yeah. They were able to kind of dominate by the fact that they were all tied together and now they're each going their own ways. And like I said, they, they have a huge fan base and you know, it's possible, unfortunately that they're many of their fans don't even care about the rapid testing or the, the don't have the same COVID concerns and aren't taking it seriously, which you and I do not endorse. Please yeah. wear your mask and, and be safe and, and care for others. But I, I just kind of think in terms of the, if you wanted to talk about celebrity in the 2010s, I think 
the main stories are, are Kanye and the Kardashians. And, you know, and they ultimately come together. Like if you're, if you are a PhD student looking for some topics, or if you want to write a history book of, of media culture in 20 years, I like that has to be a major focus of it. And I think I'm just thinking that, that over. That, I'm just thinking who else yeah. is up there with that, with those two, I guess, Beyonce. Yeah. But be, that's, I think that's really true, but I think Beyonce even steps a bit back from the celebrity of it, per, like purposefully and has the ability to control that, you know, privacy being like the major I mean, commodity. The, of, eleva- of, the elevator tapes changed it all for Beyonce, right? Like after totally. that, she steps back. She steps back and then, you know, and then she speaks like through her actual art and her yeah. projects. And I mean, that's another, like, that's another really fascinating case study, but Beyonce as always is the exception to the rule. Um, it both because of like her talent and her fame and what she's decided to focus on. So, you know, there are arguments for a lot of different people. I mean, in reality, the like the real case study of celebrity in the past decade is Donald Trump. Trump. I'm yeah. very sorry to say Unfortunately. it. Um, uh, and, and Lord knows we'll get a million case studies about that. But I like, but I do think you have to see Kanye and the Kardashians as like a, a, a major, major narrative. Yeah. And it just seems like they won't be the case study of the next decade, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, and now I'm curious to know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio? Is it going to be Addison Ray? I mean, it's weird. I mean, right now it would be an Insta- uh, TikTok person, but, you know, again, part of the the speed with which this has all happened, you know, has has increased so much that will they all be around in a decade? I Like, I have no idea. I, I really also, don't. Maybe we won't think in decades. TikTok seems to kick off stardom, but I don't know if it's like the final destination, which I think is bad for TikTok. Like, like on Instagram, that's sort of like the, where you grow and where you make your money. I don't understand TikTok enough to really say, but it doesn't seem like the sponsorship mechanisms are as in place there. So until there's more of like a revenue possibility on the platform, it probably will kick off people's careers, but not necessarily sustain them. Yeah, I think that's perceptive. I would also just point out that like you and I are the target audience for all of the TV commercials about right. the power of TikTok. So we are also possibly like not the people to assess <laughs> I going forward. I mean, that was like a real low moment when I just like started becoming aware of TikToks through the commercials on linear TV. Um, I was like, wow, I'm I'm really old because I knew that they were for me too. You know, I knew yeah. they were to to tell me that TikTok is like, you know, powerful and, and where the culture is, which, which it absolutely is. I'm just outside of it. So we'll see. Man. Oh, what a, what a trip. TikTok still don't get it. I, occasionally I'm like, should I read down the TikTok? And I'm like, nah, I think I'll pass. Who needs it? Um, last note for the day. We got to talk about this wreath situation with Prince Harry. Wreathgate. I Wreathgate. just, at, like an F to everybody. Like a, we're just a, a, just everybody failed. What an embarrassment. And 100%. Like, and, and honestly, what an embarrassment because this is about like Remembrance Day in the UK and, and Veterans Day in the US. And it is about like the memory of many people who have served their countries. And that like, thank you to all who have served. And instead it became about sniping 
between a bunch of rich people and a photo session at a national cemetery with a Vogue photographer. I mean, what is everyone thinking? They're not. So in case you, in case you missed it, Remembrance National Day Remembrance um, was this past Sunday in the UK. That's when the royals wear the poppies on their lapels, um, which is funny because it's also a California poppy, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Harry requested that the family lay a wreath at the cenotaph in his honor, in his name. Um, as he has discussed, he's a very proud veteran. He served 10 years in the military, including two tours in Afghanistan. He cares a lot about the military and veterans. And the royal family said, no, they would not do that. He is no longer representing the monarchy. So they would not be laying a wreath in his honor. He didn't ask to attend. He asked to have a wreath put down his name. So in response, Megan and Harry, we discussed this. We suspect they made a day trip from Montecito to Brentwood Mm -hmm. to the VA, where there is a large um, military cemetery to pay their respects and to have this moment captured in a photo shoot by a very um, accomplished Vogue photographer and then release said photos to the press. This happened, I believe, yesterday on Monday or maybe it was on Sunday as well. I can't remember. It was on Sunday. It was, it was on all Sunday. on Sunday. Um, but it was like, you know, eight hours behind because of the time difference. And then these pictures ended up everywhere. I just want to say it. It's not nice. Shouldn't comment on this kind of thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. I really think Meghan Markle seems like she's pregnant um, based on these pictures. I think that also that is kind of relevant here because I think that they like were in many ways trying to be like, well, screw you. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to steal your attention. And I am not the only person who's commented on is Meghan Markle pregnant. So the whole thing is just ridiculous. And it's just like, how petty can the Royal family be? I like, I've really turned on them. It's a bummer. I want to, I like, I want to have fun with them. And they're just like making it hard. So now they're trying to do damage control and they're saying that the quote queen didn't know about the request and it was like the palace aides who didn't do it. And this is a mess. This is like a, and I, I do feel that these are all selfish entitled people, but they're also being served by just the absolute worst advisors in the history of like, I, if anyone at the Royal family or the people who serve them or work for them, is I just, I don't know what they're doing. I know. It's such a no brainer. Just be like, sure, we'll lay a wreath. It is not actually about family dynamics at any point. Also, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle not traveling because of COVID-19 when Britain is again in another lockdown is actually like a great example of kind of national sacrifice and best standards. Just put the freaking wreath. It's, it's insulting. And it's again, making it about things other than, you know, remembrance. And then the the photo shoot is I I I don't I don't know what to say and I whoever let them do that should no longer be in their job. It was embarrassing. Again, it's embarrassing. It is beside the point that it it, it and it takes away from what they're actually trying to do. And to your point, as you said, what Prince Harry in particular like really believes in and has made a major part of his his focus and, and his activism, but no, absolutely <laughs> not. Just no. I also just want to note, I believe that that cemetery is like part of, it's in the same complex as one of LA's like, um, COVID testing sites. So it's just like really fucking weird. It's just really, 
weird, ill-advised, stupid planning. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, very dumb. Just very, very dumb. It's just also strategically such an opportunity for them to be the bigger people and actually just, you know, send a wreath or make some sort of statement or make some sort of donation or kind of like actually do the work that they are invested in and not make it about themselves. But instead they made it about themselves. Here's what they should have done. Um, Presumably they've got a lot of land where they're living up in Montecito. They should have had Prince Harry do what Joe Biden did, which was like read a hymn or read a poem or read something that like indicates remembrance and like what this day means to you and post it on your Instagram. Just DIY it in the most basic way. Get a wreath, get some poppies, just do it at home. Just be like, and it it still could have been like a a publicity event, but it just would have been a lot more heartfelt. So it was just like, Hey, I'm going to speak. I'm going to read a poem of remembrance. I'm going to ring, read a, a prayer of remembrance, something like that. Something that means something to you. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. They have just not figured out how to balance the attention invested in them versus using that attention in order to benefit causes that mean something to them. And like, and that is a tricky balance and it's been a weird year and they are in transition but they they don't have it down at all. This is also like incredibly cynical. And this is like among the meaner things I'll say, hopefully for the episode, if not the week. But like, I think that I, I think that they probably are comfortable with people speculating on her pregnancy because it, t- again, takes focus away from the royal family. Yeah, I I just I really don't know about that. I think that they play a pretty tricky game in terms of trying to protect their privacy versus trying to capitalize on their public image. Yeah. And that is their job that, and like that was always their job and it's the only way that they can make money. And as someone who consumes their public image and the public images of a lot of other people, I'm not going to knock them for it. Um, and, and as I do also believe that that kind of attention can be channeled for good, because it is how you get people's attention. It's how you get my attention. It just, it just is. I'm, I'm human, but I, and I also really do respect their right to some basic privacy and not having drones flying around, taking pictures of, of their kid, but they sometimes get lost in the middle of that debate as they're working through things. And like I said, I, I am sympathetic because it's a lot of change and a very weird year, but they got it. They need to start figuring that out and figuring out that divide and, and finding people who can help them navigate it because whoever's helping them navigate it right now is, is not doing their job. I think this is like also a huge testament to like how not having a purpose or a job, like it's just like makes it really hard to, to be, famous at least actors and actresses like when they uh, like a lot of the time when they're doing their Mm -hmm. press they're talking about a project or like they're supplied they're armed with talking points that are related to something in their life that then ties back to the movie book tv show podcast album whatever they're doing harry and megan without the monarchy and without like pursuing the agenda of the crown which like might be a bad agenda that's kind of besides the point at the moment like they're just really it's it's there's a real um that pity there that like that sounds like a, a judgment but it's more just like a statement of fact that like they need to fill this space with something and i think that like they have their causes 
but uh, it only goes so far in moments like this. They're they're much. I actually haven't listened, but he did another podcast appearance speaking about his time in the military, which I am going to listen to. Um, but I think like they're better served by doing these like single issue podcast appearances than anything else because it gives them an ability to like have talking points to be them their famous selves without having to talk about themselves or or be like making a statement um, about the royal family in some way. So guys. Yeah. You know, from one podcaster to another, stick stick to the medium suits you. Yes, and and stick to your issues. I mean, because that's the the comparison to actors and people who have something to promote is um is really apt. And I think that there has been just kind of like a structural like inconsistency to their existence for the past year, which is not entirely their fault. But if you know they want to work on behalf of causes, go work on behalf of the causes. Yeah, like just just like do it. Pick them. Start doing stuff. Like you, you, you can do it. You can zoom, you can podcast, but, but that is how to channel the attention on you to the things that you are invested in and want to work on behalf of, which is the whole point. So just like start doing it. I wish we and could stop give them advice. doing pickup photo shoots in cemeteries. I have so many ideas for them. There's just so many, there's, I have so many content suggestions for them that like things I would enjoy that I think they could do, which I wish I could submit. I should have like a suggestion box on their website. <laughs> Maybe they do. Just start sending emails. You never know. Just to start putting post them on my Instagram highlights, story highlights yeah. or whatever. All right, everybody. Don't read too much Twitter or watch too much cable news. Protect yourself. And thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.